If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, it's Friday. That means the food fight. What are we talking about? We're talking about noise in the market. It's been a very noisy market already in 2016. What might the rest of the year look like? And Bitcoin. For a couple of days there, we thought we had found Bitcoin's founder until he, well, until he disappeared. This is Money Beat. Everything you need to know about money and the markets, and then some. Now financial food fight welcome to the food fight hope you got your rotten lettuce and tomatoes and uh so you know <laughs> it's a food fight that's where you throw things we don't in a need food to fight. keep with this uh you know. well then why do we call it the food fight i, I actually mean, have no idea really yeah do you, well, you bring it up because we're supposed to be fighting it's a food fight paul vina steven grosser market watches chuck jaffe on the phone jack otter not joining us today we will have aaron lucetti though in a few minutes he's uh Finishing up a couple of pulling together he's a couple big time. Of, he's he's, he's big know, time. He's big know, time. He's the fintech banking editor. He's got right, a lot right. of work on you know to do. So he'll be joining us in a few minutes. We'll talk about Craig Wright and his claims of being Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, a, a noisy story. Uh, speaking of noise, though, Chuck Jaffe. You know, it's 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 nice May. segue. You like that? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, it's May. We're into the fifth month of the year. This has been. Already a year, especially in the markets, that a lot of things have happened that people did not expect to happen. I, I guess the question, though, is, Chuck, do any of them really ultimately matter? Well, the, the trick is this year has been a great year to sort of prove why on a day-to-day basis you don't want to do anything that is sort of short-term or even medium-term focused. Because five months ago, as we entered the new year, there were two things that every market observer seemed to be certain of. One was that the Federal Reserve was serious about raising interest rates and likely to bump them up at least four times. And the other was that Donald Trump would (laughs) never be the Republican nominee for president. So no one had to worry about how his candidacy might affect the market. Sure. And let's be honest. Right now, a host of pundits should be eating crow, if not excrement or the various body parts the various body parts that they promised to consume if those things actually happened. Wow. Uh, and you're talking about me being graphic with the food grocer. I know. <laughs> we just well, we just <laughs> took it to another level. Oh, was, I wasn't worried about you being graphic. Yeah. That wasn't my complaint. Uh, that wasn't your Let's complaint. be very clear okay, about all right, that. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, let's, let's start with the Fed, okay? Let's, we'll, get to, we'll get to Donald. But, well, let's start with the Fed. I mean— but I, I have a question. Yeah, I, sure. I, I'm going to jump in on the Fed. Jump in. Jump in on the Fed. Should anyone have believed that the Fed was going to do four? I mean, I feel like this this year. Yes, I think you should have. Well, like listen, In December, I think you should have. Hold on. Let's go back. Okay. We were positive last. This, this year is playing out strikingly similar to last year. We were positive at the beginning of last year that the Fed was going to raise rates, mm-hmm. do the first mm-hmm. rate rise mm-hmm. in the first half of the year. People were predicting yes. March when you they right. when they stopped the tapering right. in October, March, and then it got pushed out to June. When did it happen? Right, December. Yeah, last meeting of the year. I right. don't know. Am I the only person who's sort of like when you know this seems very eerily similar? Mm-hmm. They raised you know December, and now people are saying it's not going to be in June. It's maybe yeah. September, but maybe not even at all this year. I but mean, think about how backwards we've gotten. Yeah. 
you can you can very easily right now find experts or supposed experts who will tell you that what would really be good for the market would be if we could raise interest rates. They're like, hey, if you could hike interest rates, although the market will go through some uncertainty when it happens, it would actually be good for the market. When everything you know, if you've ever studied it, sort of says, hey, in a rising rate environment, the market tends to struggle. And yet you've got all these people now sort of talking about it like, yep, that makes a lot of sense. We should go off and see. And, and I mean, I want to see rates go up because I don't think this can continue forever, and I worry that we're going to wind up sort of creating bigger tra- traumas for people mm-hmm. when we wind up seeing this kind of even out and, and we wind up having the other shoe drop. But I don't want to see rates go up because, ooh, I think that's going to really help the market, and I think stocks, the rally right. will continue if you wind up seeing rates but, go up. But no, I mean, I, if you want, And if you want to make it you know, simplistic in terms of the Fed and the market mechanisms, the, the market went down when they thought the Fed was going to raise four times, and everyone did. And then as soon as people realized that they weren't going to do that because of the economy, China, all those things, blah, 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 and, and what the Fed officials were, were intimating, February 11th, the market bottomed out, and it's been rising for two months. Now it's leveling off. But, you know, I, so everybody's just kind of following. I mean, seems. I, I mean, I mean, has that been any different from no. the last seven years? No, right. I mean, I mean, we have charts that show this. Yes, the, the Fed does quantitative easing. The Fed does some kind of you know monetary stimulus. At this point, it's doing nothing. Um, the markets go up, right? But yeah, I mean, but right but, now, what we're sort of proving yeah. is that short-term predictions make for great headlines and nice talk yeah. from guys like us. The trading but opportunities they, they make for bad right. wagers. They make for bad wagers. Yeah, yeah. And then the other big thing, so now people are waking up to the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president in 2016. Whether he wins or not is a totally different question, but he he is the Republican nominee. And it, honestly, it seems like the only people that were really surprised by that were in the press. I'm sorry. They just were. I mean, or, or the leadership of the Republicans oh, right, might be a little surprised by that. Right, right. I'm sorry. There are two groups, two main groups that were really surprised by that. Uh, I, I always hate when, you know, it's like when we say, oh, it was the members of the press that were necessarily. I mean, like, what press are we talking about? The media is a pretty big, complicated. So that's a little thing. I'm talking about, I'm talking uh, about people who get paid to write about the, the po- I don't politics. Think the, I, don't think, I don't think you were seeing that in a, in a lot of places, that they were surprised. I think you're probably thinking more like the pundits, the opinion pages that, and right. stuff like people that. Right, people who get paid. Which is very yes, different than like, you know, the, the sort of well-reported stories. I just well, that's are defending the that's press. I think that's fine. No, I think that's no, fine. It, because we in the press shouldn't like lump everything together. You know, there's a difference between like you know your TV pundits and like actual reporting. Okay. And we I, always I, I, I am uh, thanks to both of you. I amend my statement. The only people who were really surprised by this were the people, were the opinion writers of the nation's press and the Republican elite. How's that? Is that better? That's better. Okay. Well, All right. I, and I I like the fact that Stephen by doing that has just kind of taken out that he is pointing out that the same people that I said, yes, they should be eating their various body parts yeah, that they right. promised to consume. Those are the people who were surprised by it. And they do make up the pundit side. Yes. You know, the, the talking head side right. that, that we're talking about here. But, you know, the funny side is that when you look at what's happening with the market, 
and you try to think, okay, now you've got a market that's trying to adjust to the idea that Trump is yes. really the candidate. You've got so many potentially convoluted outcomes, right? You've right, got the right. side that says Republicans who don't support Trump won't they don't want to support the Democrats, so they just won't vote. And if that happens, you could see, you know, changes in the House and the Senate because the Democrats could go out. But you have the Democrats saying that, hey, the Bernie Sanders supporters, well, they certainly aren't voting for Trump, but maybe they won't support Hillary. So yeah. does that cross at all? I mean, you've really thrown things into that much more of a cocked hat right now. And it's funny because we went from, oh, no, this could never happen to – Oh, my God, this is happening, but I can't actually do anything actionable about it in terms of investing. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is right now is trying to determine what Trump's policies are going to be on anything. Um, You know, these are just whatever. It it, it really does feel like a lot of it is what pops into his head. And and it is not he hasn't laid out a clear stated sort of vision no. of what he's going to do. And, and and that leaves the market with even, you know, less well, clarity. Right. I had a guest on my show today who was talking about how he believes that now that Trump has the nomination, he will actually start to talk in a different language, one perhaps that we all can understand. Yeah. And well, I would and nice. I would and I would play nice. the old the old sort of adage of I mean, Trump has sort of twisted it a bit. I mean, but Trump clearly, you know, I mean, we've we've all read the stories about how, you know, he he listened to talk radio and came up with a demographic to go at uh, to go after to get the vote and get the Republican nomination. And now he's going to sort of be tax sort of center and speak in, in, you know, to the, the rest of the country. Well, and that would yeah. be technically t- very typical. Right. Yeah, well, the the talk radio audience, and I mean, I do a radio show, it, we do call it the Fellowship of the Miserable. But we know that, and, and that's probably who's listening to us right now. You know, it's bloodthirsty shut-ins. And, and so you've got that as a potential, you know, launching pad here. It'll be interesting to see how that message We always, we always treat our listeners well here. I, I I have to disagree with all of you. Our listeners are the best listeners, so just get off the get off the listeners, leave them alone. We have the best listeners. Uh, on that on that note, let's take a quick break, and when we come back on the other side of this very important message from our sponsors, we will talk about uh, uh, another wacky wacky. If only life had a remote control, you could pause or rewind. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. Take the one-minute risk test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bitcoin story. I'm Veronica Dagger. Do you want to know how the rich invest, spend, and protect their money? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Food Fight. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Chuck Jaffe here with you. And we are expecting Aaron Lucchetti, whom was uh, very instrumental in, in this story this week. Uh, this... Yeah. The two of you took the lead on it. This story I mean, you, you is. Were, this was the, you guys were the people behind. Yeah, it. yeah. This story is absolutely insane, folks. I don't know if you heard this. So this week, uh, an Australian gentleman uh, by the name of Craig Wright comes out and says, and I, I had been given a tip that he was going to do this. I just didn't know the timing. 
comes out and says, I am Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of the digital currency called Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with this. So he comes out and says this, uh, and he offers very limited proof. He actually gets... He gives an exclusive to three media companies. He brings two Bitcoin insiders who would be in a position to verify the identity of the real Nakamoto, gives them a private session where he apparently showed them some evidence that make, convinces them. They say, this is Gavin Andreessen and John Matonis, we don't know. They say, yes, we believe that this guy, Craig Wright, is Satoshi Nakamoto. Well, the Bitcoin world goes crazy, and they debunk what he has presented pri- publicly he comes out a couple days later and says, well, I'm going to give you more evidence. We all wait anxiously for this further evidence that he is going to produce. And then Thursday morning, he put up a website that had just post after post after post, all these different discussions and dissertations about Bitcoin and this, you know, arcane subject matter and really trying to set himself up as an expert on it, says he's going to provide more evidence Thursday morning, the entire website is scrubbed. There is a three-paragraph message that says, I'm sorry, I thought I could do this, I can't do it. Sorry that I, I hurt the reputations of the people who I got to vouch for me. Uh, goodbye. Absolutely nuts. Crazy, crazy story. And that was Paul's week. And that was my week. <laughs> the question I have for you, yeah. and I think, why do we care right. about you know who yeah satoshi is right the the and i mean and i don't mean that to belittle it. no I no mean, i know mean, what you're saying you know yeah i mean like i think you have a good answer i, I mean there are several reasons the, the simplest is just insatiable human curiosity we want to know th- and especially from the, being a journalist like we want to know things that we're not supposed to know it's just it, it's maybe not everybody's that curious i don't know i am uh, if, if there's something out there that I can't be told, I can't know, I, I want to know it. And I think that's a, a very sort of natural reaction when somebody says... Well, it's a mystery. You know, it's a mystery, right. We love mysteries. Uh, for more practical aspects, the, whoever created Bitcoin is sitting on a fortune of about $450 million, depending on the exact price of Bitcoin. So the tax people in the world want to know. The tax people in the world want to know. So, so Well, and the Bitcoin world wants to know, too, because that's a lot of money in the Bitcoin world. And that moving it or doing something with it could have a real effect. There are also governance issues that matter in the Bitcoin world. Uh, Ostensibly, the actual creator of this currency would have some voice on its future direction. But this guy disappeared five years ago. No one's heard from him. The community has grown. There are other people who are leading it now. Are they going to want to share the mantle with this guy anymore? So there, there are a lot of reasons, actually, why this does indeed matter. What about, I mean, what about the sense, too, within the Bitcoin community, especially among the people who like it as a currency, especially among the people who are sort of the libertarian side of it, that that it, it, there's much more of a further and a, and a religious sort of connection to well, yeah, the I mean, big, big, I mean, it's more than just, you know, a, a, you know, a currency or anything like that, that these people really, this guy is sort of, Idolize in some ways, Satoshi, especially for the the real early adopters. This is very much, uh, and Aaron Lucchetti has just walked into the studio. He's he's <laughs> micing up, getting on his headphones. Uh, but yeah, yeah, does it, Chuck, does break it in. this entire story raise into question just how seriously Bitcoin can ever be taken as a currency? I mean, there are thousands 
at this point. There are thousands of cryptocurrencies. Well, there are hundreds. Uh, well, there are hundreds. You're talking to, but they, you know, there. I, I saw one list that said there were supposedly three thousand now. Uh, I think that it, whatever. Listen, whatever the number is, I'll tell you. There's about ten only, of them only, that actually matter. Tw- yeah, and only about twenty of them have so much as a thousand. Exactly. Worth exactly. Of exactly. US dollar denominated right, right. value, but. You know, I mean, and some of them are are ridiculous, both in in concept and name. Yeah. I mean, unobtainium. Okay. Yeah. No. No. There are a lot. <laughs> but unobtainium. But, but to, to it's your, not, you don't want to obtain it. Your point but, is your point is actually legitimate. This does raise issues about how how, how much trust which is an odd word for Bitcoin because it's supposed to be a trustless currency, how much trust you can really put in this. I got an email from somebody this morning uh, in the Bitcoin community. It was just an exchange between the two of us. But he was raising this point. He was saying, this guy, Craig Wright, he has to follow through and explain why he did this because he has put us all in a very, very bad light. Well, I mean, and, and it's it's true. But this speaks to my point. I mean, on one side, you have this liber- libertarian sort of group, the early adopters, mm-hmm. the people who were like, I, you know, I don't want the government involved in right. my life. And then on the other side, you have the people who sort of are now are, are largely grabbing hold of Bitcoin and they're grabbing hold of specifically blockchain and pushing that technology forward. Right. Um, and that is largely viewed as the technology that, it, you know, what's going to sort of change the, you know, the world of finance a bit. But though that group probably – how much do they care about who Satoshi is? Well, that's the other question is, is – Bitcoin stronger? Is there more of an aura around yeah. it if Satoshi remains anonymous or unknown? Because it, part of the whole sort of mystique of the currency is that it was created by someone who no one really knows. And so people could put their, their own opinions onto like what what force drove this, uh, this you know, one of the biggest of the cryptocurrencies. I remember we always had to have that like line in every story you wrote, you know, when you mentioned Satoshi as the founder, who's was either a group, a person or a group. Right. We didn't even right. know if it was, you yeah. know. Right, right. Yeah. Indeed, and so, Paul, you've written this a lot. I mean, the 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 currency itself, the the strength or the the development of it, almost will go on and rise or fall without, you know, without this story being answered. It it it's an important sort of historical point. It's an important, you know, uh, metric for us to try to understand it. But where it goes in the future may not be tied up into to, into who created it, unless. There is a Craig Wright, someone who comes in and says, okay, I created it. I can prove it beyond a reasonable doubt, and here's what I'd like to see happen from right. here. Well, you're right. I mean, this this Bitcoin does not ever need Satoshi Nakamoto's identity to come out. It just doesn't. It will rise or fall on its own merits at this point. But for the VCs who are getting into the blockchain side yeah. of this, does even if like that person no, they comes don't out, care. Do, is they, that even, what he says going to matter to them? No. I mean, they're putting millions of dollars. No, because because what they're things. doing, what they're doing in a lot of cases too, is they're taking uh, the structure of Bitcoin, right, exactly. and using it for different applications. Banks are trying to figure out how they can use it for trading. Governments are starting to look into how they can use it for the services they offer the, their citizens. Um, people are trying to look at it in terms of how you can improve uh, identity. How you can improve people maintaining their identities in emerging markets where you don't have very strong structures for that. So people are looking at different applications of it that really don't have to have anything to do with Bitcoin. Now, whether any of those actually amount to anything is a totally different question. But to your point, those people don't care if, if we know or not, if we, whether or not we know Nakamoto's name. My big concern if you're a Bitcoin holder and you want to, and you want this thing to actually appreciate. I mean, people were buying it in the last year or two, thinking, oh, you know, in, in a generation like this is this will be. What everyone uses, and it'll be a right. very, very important part of, of daily life. 
people are a little bit on the fence about that at best. So would you still hold on to this Bitcoin? I mean, it's worth, what, 400 bucks now per, per coin? Yeah, I think it's about 450 Give or take it yeah, at 450 well, what's, so, this what, what's interesting, too, is the volatility in Bitcoin has been very low of late to the point that it, it's been lower than gold. Bitcoin's and, and, stable. Yeah, and that's what they were – Stable, and, baby. I, I, listen. I don't. I am very skeptical of the, like the, the, the comment I'm going to make now. But there were a number of gold bugs who were, just, were, were considering. Okay, I'm going to move from gold to Bitcoin because you know the price stability made them more comfortable yeah. in terms of. Well, and, and don't you think that there's going to be somebody out there from one of the other potential cryptocurrencies looking to get whatever they can and make their currency the one that survives and becomes the the one ultimately dominant one, because we're still so early in this, there's no exactly. guarantee it'll be Bitcoin. No. Don't you think somebody else is going to use this story sort of to say, wait, you know, look at a currency that is a lot different where, you know, the, the mining process is separate or the difficulty of the mining process is different or whatever, and use that as a way to say that they're their version right. of this current of cryptocurrency is better. Yeah, well, I mean, they, like, they will, they will, and the the thing that Bitcoin has going for it that those others don't right now is it, it has a longer history. It has a larger base of users. It's, it's got some. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? First mover. Well, beyond first, yeah, it's got the first mover advantage, but uh, you know, it 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 has. It has a. It's a platform. It's got a. It's got. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God, I'm dying, folks. Brand? I don't know. No, not brand. Like you know, it's got size to it. It's got weight. It's got economies of scale. Economies of scale. Thank ding, you. Ding, ding. There. That. Yeah. That's the point. If Bitcoin has certain things that all these other ones don't have yet. They're going to have to build to it, and there's no guarantee that they're going to build to it. You know, like coming up with a currency that people want to. These are very weird things that kind of take on viral lives of their own. You look at some of these these payment apps like um, Venmo and things like that. They kind of come out of nowhere. They either click or they don't. Bitcoin Yahoo, Bitcoin Yahoo. came out by, at the right the time way, and Yahoo, Bitcoin clicked. Yahoo had economies of scale in 1998. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the important point the important point there is that Venmo is a, a payment system. No one is saying Venmo is going to replace the dollar or No, gold, no, so. you're right. I'm just I'm just using its growth, the way it, it sort of caught on very organically and grew. And I'm not saying Bitcoin's going to last I mean, forever. It, no, no. I'm just I saying mean, I'm just saying Bitcoin has a couple of advantages very, that these other ones don't yet. Well, yeah, to, but, to Chuck's point, I think it's that, a oh, go that's it. That's all I'm saying. Well, that just harkens back to like you know the beginning of the the computer generation, right? Where if you looked at every computer company that you ever heard of right. in the mid 1980s, you were betting on Norton. Prime and Wang Labs, and you didn't hear about Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, funny how that one turned right. out. And, right. and, of course, that's in the corporate world, but who well, knows? It might be Unobtainium or Dogecoin or something like that, Feathercoin or whatever. Uh, I can tell you right now, those winner. three you mentioned, it won't be them. <laughs> but I can guarantee you it won't be them. I think the the one X factor on Bitcoin is that this rift uh, becomes so deep that people just sort of look for an alternative, that that you know, Bitcoin becomes viewed as sort of fatally flawed from a governance perspective. Like, no, they can't quite figure out what it wants to be, and right. so people migrate to something else that that is that is that's fresh that's and unsolved. And, 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 like, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of this is another example in Bitcoin's history of sort of. I mean, you have Mount Gox. You, I mean, you had what was the Silk Road? You, right. Now you, I mean, there has been sort of a taint to Bitcoin. 
and this doesn't this is in Mount Cox and this is in Silk Road, but it plays into that kind of It absolutely of, does. It does. I mean it, this, and and the and the reality is as much as you can talk about economies of scale, you know, for a currency needs to be mass market and the level of like you know people who know what Bitcoin is uses Bitcoin is still minuscule. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Which one's it going to be, Paul? Can you tell us? Uh, no, of course I can't. Are you, are you still betting on Wang? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you guys remember Fortune Computers? Not really. So, fortune so <laughs> did you have one? Yes. Did you? Yeah. We had. We, not only did we have them. My parent, my mom's a computer professor. My father is a computer programmer. So this is back in like you know probably like the early eighties. Yeah. Um, eighty three, eighty four. We had like. Four that were connected to themselves, so you could like yeah. I had one in my room. My sister had one in her room. There was one in the study. Like yeah, we were we were. I do remember that. Uh, uh, you know, I will say it, to answer your question, I I my personal opinion, and you know, I don't invest in any of these. I'm not you know. Look, I'm a journalist, so I write about these things, but I am not in this world. You know, so I'm absolutely looking at this from an outsider's perspective. My my personal opinion though is that. You will not end up with just one digital currency, Bitcoin or nothing else. I think you're going to have a world where you will have this technology, the blockchain technology, used in a lot of different applications. Some of them will be currency. Some of them will be non-currency. And I think over the next 5, 10, 20 years, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see this technology end up in a lot of different places, and it's not going to end up just being well, Bitcoin I mean, or the, the other thing too, one thing. The one question, and, and I'm not – the best person, but I'll raise this up, is f- for governments, cur- the currencies for government is an powerful, powerful tool. And whereas I think they all, you know, the Fed has talked about using, Bernanke's talked about the importance of digital currency and using that. I think the governments, governments are going to be loath to get rid of, um, you know, control of the currencies. Whether they now adopt the technology that underlies it so they can go digital and transfer money and move money around the world easier and all of those things that you get out of the digital currency. I think that, yes, but – That absolutely can happen and wait until that happens. But I think that's the real problem uh, of a a private adoption of a currency. And we have to wrap this up. But wait until you have a, a digitized dollar that can move anywhere in the world in an instant and doesn't have to go through custodial banks, doesn't have to go through correspondent banking. That is going to be a huge boost to global capitalism. It's hard to argue with. I mean, as, as payment systems proliferate, the governments will want to have a, have control over it, but they've been very, very reticent to look like they're anti-innovation, uh, right. both, both on both sides of the Atlantic. Right, really. right. All right. Uh, we have to wrap it there, folks. I want to thank you for listening. Chuck, I want to thank you for your time. I know. I think we got you over a couple minutes. Sorry there. We're trying to get you out so you no can worries. do your, your, your lacrosse game. So, okay, good, great. Everyone, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. Coming up on the Money Beat Podcast, it's Friday. That means the food fight. What are we talking about? We're talking about noise in the market. It's been a very noisy market already in 2016. What might the rest of the year look like? And Bitcoin. For a couple of days there, we thought we had found Bitcoin's founder until he, well, until he disappeared. <laughs>